0: Hello everyone and welcome to Synesthesia, a podcast about the creatives who shape the aesthetics of music. We chat to the artists behind the record sleeves, videos, photo shoots, and stylings of the freshest new sounds, exploring how contemporary culture, fashion, illustration and design reflect and enhance the musical experience. Music has always been our passion and remains an integral part of our lives.
1: That's why we decided to put together this podcast, which we call Synesthesia, because we perceive music
0: not only with our ears, but also with our eyes. Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Synesthesia. I am Enrico. I'm happy to introduce today's guest, uh, Riley Blakeaway, an Australian award-winning filmmaker and photographer. His films have screened at festivals around the world and have been featured in The New York Times, The Atlantic, Pitchfork, Clash, ID, NPR, and The Los Angeles Times. Basically, all my favorite media outlets. Today, he's here to talk about his career background, the things he's been rating recently in music, culture and art, and most notably his recent collaboration with Genesis Owusu. Genesis is Australia 2021's breakthrough act. He just dropped Smiling With No Teeth," his debut album, which has already been ranked as one of the best of the year so far, and has been described by NME as art with a capital A. Riley and Genesis work together on the videos of Gold Chains, and the other black dog. And that's what we are here to talk about today. But first, let's give Riley a warm welcome. Hey Riley, welcome to Synesthesia. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks man. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I mentioned that you are an Australian
1: award-winning filmmaker. Where in Australia are you from? And where are you dialing in? I'm dialing in from Sydney, from my house. I'm kind of from all over, like I was born in Sydney and then uh, moved a bit further north. So it's easy to just say Sydney. When we
0: were talking before with the microphones off, you told me that you just moved back to Sydney. By just, I mean, before the pandemic, because you were living in Los Angeles previously. How did you end up there?
1: Yeah, I actually lived in LA from like 2013 to 2017. My mom lived in the States, so I spent a lot of time there. But when I got into film, filmmaking, I think it just seemed in my head like the logical thing that do like just to move to la but um yeah i moved back two weeks before covid and you mentioned that you moved to
0: la in 2013 was it right after college
1: no i i never went to college i went i went for six months actually i moved to la right around the time i was still doing surf and skate stuff primarily and like documentary work but nothing in the narrative or like live action realm really i just wanted to be in la and wanted to like pursue that goal i guess
0: can you recall the first time you held a camera
1: i got my first video camera when i was like 10 or 11 that's
0: exactly what i wanted to talk about your first encounter yeah. with a camera
1: man it's funny my dad gave me this old panasonic digital video camera i think it still took like VHS VHS tapes, these tapes were massive. At first, I'd go out and film my friends skateboarding or whatever, and then we were really, really big on jackass at the time, and... um, You weren't the only one. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, we were just obsessed with that, and we kind of came up with our own jackass skits and, like, would hide in rubbish bins and scare people at the beach and, like, film that type of stuff. How have you shaped your
0: style? How have you refined your way of filming throughout the years at the very right. beginning it must have been very raw a kind of rough approach super spontaneous but then what kind of movies uh, videos uh, and shows
1: were you watching to study you know i didn't go- i didn't grow up in like a filmic household my dad watched a lot of mob movies and you know sopranos and it's my favorite movie. yeah i mean it's still the best show but like that's what i grew up with he liked he loved quentin tarantino movies but like we didn't have like a filmic or even artistic kind of environment growing up so you weren't watching sophisticated the french or italian movies were you? no 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 definitely not like <laughs> not even close but i loved I loved movies, I loved like Star Wars and James Bond and like, and then later in high school, I started really getting into music videos. We had a program, we have a program in Australia called Rage. They would play music videos nonstop. It was kind of like our MTV. Yeah, I I got really into music videos. I had like the box sets of like the Spike Jones, Gondry, Cunningham box set I was obsessed with that really into music videos I was like man I want to do this one day but I didn't really know what that entailed and the same with films like I was like oh I want I want to make films but like back then I probably thought one person did everything like I didn't know shit about how films were made or how music videos were made and it wasn't as DIY then I don't think it was like as accessible to go out and just make shit when I was a teenager. So can you recall the first music related brief you worked on? The first time I was commissioned to do a music video was by Universal when I was like 20. They saw this video I made for my sister in Hawaii and it was just like an ambient clip uh, of nice pictures to music that I made for her for her birthday and they were like we want you to do that but for this artist and you know I had no idea how music videos work. How did you do if you had no idea of how music videos worked? Well I mean the logistics of them like I knew I could go film something and put it to music I just didn't know anything about you know narrative storytelling or like, or how to do it, you know? Yeah, it was this artist who I actually won't mention because it ended poorly. It's a funny story. They hired me to do this video. They gave me a rate. They were like, go do everything, just do what you do and and put it to his song, go film with him and his girlfriend, make this like almost like a day in the life kind of video of them cruising around and shoot it really beautifully. Like I was so proud of it. And I was doing other work at the time. Like I was already working full time, making things for brands and stuff. But um, the artist, like he kept making changes and couldn't decide on it. And in the end, like I remember going into the office and the guy, his manager was there and he's like, and he broke the news to me. He's like, we're going to pull the video and I remember just breaking down in tears in his office as like a 20 year old I think it's really important to share your failures as well to be oh yeah I mean yeah I'm not one of those people who just like came out of university and made something and it was a hit and then I made another hit like you know there's so many failures that led to my career where I'm at now I guess
0: so the first uh, music related brief didn't work out quite well But what was uh, the turning
1: point in your career as a director for music videos? You know, that's a hard question to tackle. I mean, I don't think I've like made a video and then like the next day I was being hit up by all these people or anything like that. I think I've just slow it's been like a slow burn, you know. I've made a lot of work over the past twelve years, music videos mainly in the last five, six years. Some of them I've seen through to the vision that I or the standard that I had hoped to, and then some of them I haven't I'm not sure I mean the first ish video I did was for Cherry Glazer probably and that was like the first one it went to like UK music video awards and won some awards and Yeah, but even still, I don't know if that was like, I don't think that was a eureka moment for me. I think I've had more personal affirmations or realizations from making music videos rather than these big successes, I guess. My point of view is that a slow growth,
0: it's definitely much better in long term than a very short period of a hype and then everyone forgets about you. So it's like a hard work that pays overtime. Hey man,
1: I hope so, I
0: like that. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's the yeah. attitude. That's the attitude. You mentioned yeah. being very much into electronic music. What kind of stuff have you been listening in
1: these years? It's funny. Like my first records were gifts from my mother's partner at the time, who was American, and my first CDs were rap CDs, which is so odd, being from a small kind of coastal town in Australia. And then, yeah, like electronic music was big in high school
0: any artists then, any artists you still love
1: yeah i mean my first cd i was like my first cd was like a, an nwa cd which is so odd you know like i'm like a surfer from a beach town and then Dre 2001 which is still the sickest CD you know. I think I got like Offspring CDs or like I don't know it was a long time ago. Oh and Corn. when I was like 12 I loved Corn. And more recently? Oh man in the 15 years since then like so much ambient and like soundtrack music all the way to trap music and everything in between. A lot of my 20s I was in Echo Park and my girlfriend at the time and her brother we're in rock bands and psychedelic um, rock very big in la yeah like that whole i guess burger records started that whole kind of wave of, yeah and i mean i have i'd I've slow dive were always one of my favorite bands and my bloody valentine it's such a hard question to answer i dread getting asked like what kind of music have you been listening to Well, I just
0: want to direct our conversation to the music you've been listening in the past few months, especially by Genesis Owusu, because uh, I wanted to know how the two of you got in touch.
1: Yeah, I mean, even that's pretty random. I think his his management got in touch with me after a recommendation from Courtney Barnett's manager, which is kind of hearsay, but I think that's how it happened, just from them seeing my past work. And then... Yeah, I got sent the music, and I kind of was like, "This can't be coming out of Australia. This is so fucking good." <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, like it just—it sounded different to anything I've heard. You know, there are there is amazing music coming out of Australia. Just I, it just I wasn't ready for like something so laid Yeah, up it, like it's a crazy album. Yeah, it was pretty mind blowing. it. yeah, I mean, the first thing I heard of was obviously the was the other black dog and it was just really intense fast rap set to this like spooky kind of weird I don't even know I can't even describe that song when I was working on the video I was trying to describe it to people and I was like I don't, it's just it's really fucking cool I can't really describe it how was the brief from his management,
0: now that we're talking about the other black dog, so the first video you shot for him?
1: Yeah, it was good. It was um, it was kind of like an explosion of ideas written down on paper by Kofi. The core of the idea was there. It was like this duality of characters, of this duality of self and kind of being chased down by demons of your own creation. That That was what I took away from it, even without really knowing the depth of these characters that he'd created for for his concept album. It was cool, it was just like a lot, but I kind of, I read it and it really resonated with me on a personal level, just with my own experiences with mental health issues. And basically I just took all these cool ideas and kind of tried to strip it back to the core. Of the idea. You write the full script by yourself or was he involved as well? Kofi's original idea was like a full page of like this happens and this happens and this happens. Yeah. Firstly, I obviously listened to the song and I was like, Alright, I'm I'm doing this. I have to I have to do this. And I pitched. Once I'd pitched and he read my take on the concept, I think it was like, Oh, I trust this dude to, to make this video, you know, and there wasn't Kofi's really trusting in me, you know, since the beginning of that film we met up and I think the main thing I tried to bring to that video was um, really carving out which character appeared when and which you know which verse in the song really felt like one character or another and that dialogue is kind of for me what shaped the music video to the way it you know, the way it plays on screen now. What's that part of the video you are most proud of? I felt like the box was a really succinct metaphor for this being trapped by your own inner demons, which I wrote in there and with them outside performing the little ad-libs, with the black dog outside performing the ad-libs and Genesis in the box. Just the way that whole scene plays out, I remember being pretty frightened of the pace of the song going into making it and I was like, fuck, I hope this works how it's working in my head and thankfully it did so probably that would be the I'm most proud of. Well, the video
0: is very fast paced indeed. Also, I mean, I descri- I will describe it as a punk hardcore version of The Weeknd's Blinding Lights video. Was <laughs> your idea to pay a tribute to that one or is it just
1: me seeing these parallels? Definitely not. I mean, what, par- what are the main parallels you see? Because I find that interesting. The red suit. The red suit, all this concept of
0: uh, escaping. Also the fact that um, the weekend is wounded and um, Genesis uh, he is uh, covered with bandage uh, so it seems like uh, his wounds are even uh, deeper and everywhere so that's, uh, that's the parallel that I noticed.
1: I did think the red suit like going into it I was like oh maybe that's a bit similar but at the end of the day it was like that was Kofi's you know he's dressed like that for a long time like you can kind of trace it back on his Instagram and he's been doing that in a red suit for a long time so I don't think he's going to just change what he does and how he does it just because someone else is doing it like even if they are like one of the biggest artists in the world. I just don't think he's that type of person to like, it's just going to do him unapologetically and it's a coincidence. I don't know, I'd say unfortunate but I don't think either of us really cared that much. Yes, it's just a weird coincidence. I'm interested in how you see Genesis.
0: How would you describe his artistic image and his aesthetic research and how have you made it shine through this video and the other one and we will talk about
1: the gold chains video very soon oh man he makes it shine himself i got you know his his like dress sense and his style is all him he'll ask me about what i think about certain things in certain scenes with that video and we're like we you know deciding on the goons outfit that's his crew that he performs with and but you know i can't speak to his aesthetic uh research but i'm he's just a really stylish dude and a really confident dude so i think that comes across in the videos and it's kind of it's a pleasure to work with you know
0: so it was basically like a shooting a short movie with the best actor on the market
1: yeah like when we you know i wrote this like i had this really extensive shot list and you do all this preparation it's all in the preparation and get, we get to location and it's storming so we're three hours behind and then i'm like what the fuck am i doing and then he <laughs> comes on and performs one take of the song and I'm like oh okay it's all gonna be fine like you know <laughs> like <laughs> you just don't know until you real until you roll up on that first take and then you kind of know how things are going to go. Well I can infer
0: you guys built uh, a relationship based on uh, creative trust and freedom because then he contacted you for another video Gold Chains. The song has a similar mood at least in terms of lyrics. The themes are still very deep. He's talking about mental health, society pressure, exploitation, racism but the aesthetics, the visual narrative of this video is uh, very much different from uh, the other black dog.
1: With Gold Chains, that one was a bit different. I think after the first video He was like, oh, I trust this dude. What have you got, you know? There was no brief. It was like his manager, Andrew, was like, this is the next single. Like, what are we going to do? And I I kind of was like, oh shit, this is such a good song. So I kind of came up with three ideas off the bat. I was still umming and ahhing about them. Like, I just didn't feel like I cracked it. Usually when I'm writing music videos, I'll like have that Eureka if I cracked it. And I didn't, but we're running out of time. So I sent one or two through and, you know, Genesis, he is so polite. I could tell maybe he wasn't really on 100% on board. Yeah, they weren't bad ideas. They just weren't. It just wasn't as good as it could be, and I knew that. And then he was kind of like, all right, let's go with this one. And then a day or two later, I was like, no, fuck that. I can't. Uh, like I can't it's just not doing the the song justice so I went back to the drawing board and stripped it right back and that when I came up with the cut the idea that we made and I sent it to him and his reaction was like oh yeah this is the one like let's do this and I can tell we're on track then, you right? know. So what's the um, story?
0: Because I saw a parody of a classic rap video, a sort of way of pointing out the emptiness of all the bling that some rap artists show off in their videos. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was never meant to really be a parody of a rap video. I don't I don't think it was meant to be that specific. It was more just for me a comment on perception versus reality that I see every day in day-to-day life. The idea of this fronting and like idolizing these people as being larger than life, but in reality, the circumstances are often a lot different or a lot uglier. And then also the effects of this kind of mentality on the person, you know, hence him eventually drowning uh, in gold. When I was riding, I basically was just like stripping it back to that, to the hook, like when it looks so gold and feels, but it feels so cold. He was just literally inundated by gold to the point where he couldn't move in these really normal scenarios, hanging out with his friends. I just pictured this character that's really superficially rich but really spiritually poor. You know, I started picturing these images of the kiddie pool. Or even at first I pictured him on a boat that was dry docked in the middle of a field and just carbon in gold, can't even move, can't even reach to get a glass of water. And I kind of, that made me laugh thinking about. Yeah, there are so many layers of meaning in this
0: video. I would like to discuss about the tone of voice and the acting. I love the irony of it, the performance, his performance. Performance. his expressions uh, that kind of reminded me of the very first uh, Eminem's videos, uh, because also Eminem was talking about uh, deep shit, uh, but with uh, his uh, sarcastic as well as
1: irreverent attitude, you know? Dude, maybe. I, I grew up loving Eminem. I, I can't remember which videos, like which videos in particular are you talking about? Because I need to look them up. Well, both
0: uh, My Name Is and The Real Slim Shady.
1: Oh, yeah, they were sick. I remember watching them as a kid. No, do you know what? I think my main influence for this video in a roundabout way was The Simpsons. They, to me, are like the original satire.
0: Today you mentioned The the Sopranos and The Simpsons. uh?
1: Yeah, the two best shows ever, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and when we were filming the first day of uh, Gold Chains, it was the scenes with Kofi and the car like acting like a car salesman and, you know, the scenes that are playing on the TV. And I always wanted to break the two worlds up, like the world of the chorus and then the world of the verse as being two different characters so like what you see on tv and then what it's actually like in reality trying to live this persona in everyday life with him on the tv we shot those scenes first uh and on the podium and when we had the car i was like uh, i was like all right so you're a car salesman right and he's like yeah i'm like um i can't remember who he said first like gil off the simpsons and i was like no fucking way i was like so we came to the conclusion that he was gil lionel hutz and troy mcclure (laughs) all at once performing. And that was kind of, that was the vibe. Like that made me think long and hard about a lot of the sense of humor I have is this kind of, I guess, subversive or um satirical sense of humor that i probably got early on from the simpsons and shows like that so
0: for sure we know that there is a reference to the simpsons and i think that i'm really interested in is that genesis music is so great and so avant-garde because he's blending different genres we hear rap we hear punk we hear funk we hear jazz we hear electronic music as well, we hear rock in his songs. Have you mixed any specific music videos slash movie genres working on his videos?
1: Yeah, well, Gold Chains, I mean, the um, the water motif, if you want to call it that, or the thematic use of water and underwater, I really, the, one of the early references for the music video was The Graduate, and the way they use water in that film to kind of, to represent Dustin Hoffman's character not knowing where he's at in life or where he belongs and just being confused so it had a different thematic representation but
0: Riley sorry to interrupt you but there must be a thing between me and you because also The Graduate is one of my favorite movies ever I love, oh, cool. yeah. love this movie I respect
1: that yeah so that was the reference yeah and then I think I just tried to it tried to incorporate like different elements of um aesthetics in the video to kind of help represent the um all the different influences in the song as well like the the kind of retro faux fancy house yeah Um, i love the location i wanted to ask about it yeah well i always imagined it being in this kind of this house that maybe used to be upper class but is now kind of a little bit sad and you know, dated, um, which I felt built up the incongruence of like this modern rap kind of character. Um, and I, I wanted it to look like his grandma, his grandma's house. And I, I also wanted it to look really Australian because I think like, uh, like a rap star, I guess, wearing gold chains on like this red brick Australian rooftop is something I hadn't really seen before. So I was kind of excited by creating that image yes um, I,
0: I must say that that scene that very scene that's possibly the climax of the video
1: nice man that's awesome yeah it was it was fun yeah and then obviously like you mentioned this actually to me the the neoclassical statue kind of references yeah uh, I yeah well i mean you know neoclassical in itself is referential to classical. I think that you can dig into that as deep as you want about like this idea of like celebrating these things from the past, idolizing these things. But statues for me were always a really succinct way of like layering up the video with these like frozen idols uh and statues in particular were pretty interesting to me because like people that are celebrated frozen in time that can often turn out to be quite ugly or the reality the perception versus reality theme again yeah but i guess that's not really that wasn't really a reference to you know the music necessarily yeah and a lot of that was uh my art director ben Fesley. he him and i worked together really closely and kind of have a lot of fun with these videos and he he actually made those statues he's saw he's really so to wrap it up
0: what was the best part about working with um, Genesis
1: Uh, probably just how fun it is like to actually work with an artist who can just fully realize the vision in their performance and then just like even exceed all the expectations of what you're trying to do with their performance you know he's such a commanding artist as in commanding your attention like he's just so powerful to watch perform it's just like a pleasure to work with you know and and he's just a really him and his team they're all just like such good people that kind of reinvigorated my passion for music videos and gave me the space to make videos that actually feel like they're really representational of me and what I'm capable of. Whereas I think I kind of had a long period of making videos that didn't feel that way. And I think this, so if anything, that moment you were talking about before, that breakthrough moment was probably meeting Genesis and his team and working on these videos. That's great to hear, Riley, honestly.
0: Also, because now that I've been talking to you, I can see how there is a, a huge part of uh, your personality in those videos.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy too. I'm really proud of what we've made. And are you um, picking on the other uh, cool stuff with uh, Genesis? Yeah, I'm finishing up this Beats by Dre documentary, mini documentary with him that um, is a bit of a concept video documentary. It's really insightful because he explains some of the themes and concepts of his album and how the videos tie into that. So it's cool. I'm looking forward to that coming out.
0: So we discussed the videos you shot for and with Genesis Owusu. Now it's time to talk about your preferences in music, visual art and other beautiful things in life. And I'm going to introduce the first column of this show. Word on the street. I would like you to tell us if there is an artist you would like to collaborate with at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's such a big question, a hard one to answer. And I I think I pinpointed it down to my two, two of my favorite working artists and it would be Tom York or or Frank Ocean. What do you like about Tom York and uh, Frank Ocean? Well, I would say both of them, are really cinematic in their own rights. And then, yeah, I mean, I could go on forever about what I like about them. You know, I grew up watching the Radiohead videos. It just holds a special place in my heart. And how about Frank Ocean? Yeah, just that, like, Blonde is one of my favorite albums. Yeah, he's just another one of those genre-blending artists that are just incredibly talented and also do really cool videos, so. Maybe with the Frank Ocean you could
0: fly to Italy and shoot the video in Naples or a very mediterranean city in italy i think that frank ocean's vibe would match it quite well
1: hey man i'll take it sounds good (laughs) well
0: maybe in a few years we will see a video shot by you featuring frank ocean in the amalfi coast that will be fun it will be great sounds good we just talked about contemporary artists now we are back in time again for private collection private collection you mentioned at the beginning of our interview that uh, as a teenager, you were spending nights, evenings, and days uh, in front of MTV watching music videos. So, you gotta choose one that left a mark on you.
1: Well, I would choose Until the Quiet Comes, the Flying Lotus video that Khalil Joseph did. That video really stuck with me and a lot of people. I think it's just yeah, one of the best videos of all time. Very, very last column.
0: We only have two minutes left. Flavors. I would like you to recommend us one Instagram page that you rate at the moment, and a local spot uh, either in Sydney, in LA, or wherever you want, any place.
1: that means uh, something to you my favorite Instagram page is software 2050 it's just a really bizarre page of like throwback software mixed with nature and actually I can't even begin to describe or try and like try and break it down I think you should just go look at it
0: also for all our listeners you don't need to write down these names because we will share Riley's um, flavors on our Instagram page synesthesia for a podcast go and check it out follow us that's the Instagram page how about the local spot
1: slash venue the Golden Age cinema in Surrey Hills which is like my favorite little cinema in Sydney it's a good time to support
0: I have uh, two extra questions for you because um, you're a movie maker What's the best movie you watched this year and uh, a photographer whose work you really love?
1: Yeah, I, I loved The Lighthouse. That had a really profound effect on me and I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's a movie by? By Robert
0: Eggers. 824 is the production house that's ruling the movie scene right now.
1: Seems so, man.
0: Yeah, also Minari is a wonderful film, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I saw that last week. It was beautiful. How about a photographer? I think I'm much more inspired by oh. filmmaker. Yeah, filmmaker. The filmmakers I hold highest or enjoy their films the most are Coen Brothers, just because there are so many films they've made that I thoroughly enjoy, and they really consistently nail it every time. Fargo and uh, No Country
0: for Old Men, I watched them uh, countless times.
1: Yeah, No Country for Old Men is probably, arguably, my favorite film, and also P.T. Anderson's There Will Be Blood, and I love that they were shot at the same time, and one, one of the sets had to shut down for filming at some point because of smoke in the air from the other set and i always i find that so fascinating that two of my favorite films were shot at the same same time but yeah i love that Cormac mccarthy book as well um yeah i mean the
0: books are even uh, tougher <laughs> i mean if you read them before sleeping you will definitely have nightmares because uh, he's uh, so raw in storytelling.
1: Yeah, like Blood Meridian is, like, took a long time to get through and then a long time to get it out of my head because it was pretty raw. Yeah. We share a lot of passions. Oh, yeah.
0: that's cool, man. Glad yeah, to hear it. We will meet in person at some point.
1: Yeah, I'd love that. Sounds good. Definitely.
0: Thanks a lot for your time, Riley.
1: Oh, you too. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I am looking forward to seeing the new stuff you will be doing with Genesis Owusu. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You just listened to Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram at Synesthesia underscore podcast.